0: And we are live. Welcome to the show again today. Sorry about yesterday. I had a friend over, and uh, I just, I just didn't have time to do the show. It was, uh, he, he flew in from the east coast, and I thought, okay, well, I got to spend some time with this guy, good man. And uh, yeah, just one of those things, an unexpected thing. I, I wasn't able to do the show. Uh, Valeria is here today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> did you, did you kick something? Yes. Alright, well there she is, uh, a little too bright and a little bit out of focus, but otherwise uh she is here.
1: Are you sure I'm there? Am I there?
0: You're here, yeah. Can
1: you fix it? Because I don't know.
0: Alright, we'll we'll go to you. you
1: it, not... I I think I will have to fix my stuff first. Fix your stuff first. Yes, like my note, laptop and microphone. Oh, no, we also need to put the... I am.
0: Well, as I like to say, ladies and gentlemen, we are the least professional show on television, which reminds me, we should probably do the intro. You ready? Toxic masculinity. Yes, I am toxic. Uh, my beautiful wife is masculine. Together, we are toxic masculinity. And we've got some great stuff to talk about today on the show, some pretty fascinating news stories. Uh, also, do- Dogecoin is doing very well today. <laughs> Valeria has a new strategy because she suspects, although we don't know if this is true, but there's rumors flying around on the Internet that perhaps Elon Musk may uh, announce at some point that he will accept other cryptocurrency for Tesla. Because he announced, what was it, like two days ago or something, that he wasn't going to take Bitcoin anymore for Tesla because Bitcoin was bad for the environment. But Valeria, well, a lot of people online, Valeria's been learning since watching some videos and, and reading some stories. Um, a lot of people online speculate that the reason he did that was because he wants to accept um, perhaps Dogecoin or another cryptocurrency. And uh, what is the other cryptocurrency that you suspect that Cardano? Cardana. So there's one called Cardano and one called uh, doge. So we're going to invest a little bit of money in Cardano, a little bit of money in doge and hope that Elon Musk comes out with this, uh, announcement. And if he does, we should see the price for these coins skyrocket. Uh, again, we're not experts. We don't know what the hell we're talking about. So you're going to listen to us. You don't have to listen to us. And as always, don't invest so much money that you cannot lose it. Um, Although we have, <laughs> we've invested probably uh, a little bit too much, but we don't invest everything in one thing. We don't like have all of our money in Doge. We don't have all of our money in Bitcoin. Uh, how many coins do you say, do, would you say that we're diversified in uh, altogether? 10?
1: 10 a little bit Yeah, no, we have like
0: ten, 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 10 different crypto coins that we're in uh, with different, differing amounts of money. Uh, just so that, you know, we can spread out the risk and we can spread out, uh, the potential gains. If there, there's any particular coin that does really well, we won't miss out on it. So, um, that's our, that's our personal information. Anything else exciting going on, darling? No. We're currently in a, uh, in a bit of a spat over a shelf. I, we, I put in most of this stuff in our bathroom and Valeria wants this new shelf put in, but I was too lazy to put it in yesterday. So she's like, put in the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> you can see, you can see how frightening she is. Um, all right. So, should we get on to the first
1: story, darling? Yes. Um, Marjorie Taylor Green. B- V.S. Ver- versus. Versus. <laughs> versus Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez.
0: Right. Alexandria. Okay. So, Marjorie Taylor Green versus Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Um, So, uh, you guys may have heard this story. This is pretty fun. Uh, So, Marjorie Taylor Greene went out to the hallways of Congress, and apparently she sort of accosted Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, basically calling her out as, you know, the degenerate socialist that she is. But, uh, yeah, there's differing accounts of exactly the ferocity of Marjorie Taylor Greene. But a lot of the leftists, especially Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, are basically freaking out about this, and essentially saying that Marjorie Taylor Greene um, was so terrifying that they need to improve security in Congress to, you know, for Alexandria Ocasio Cortez's safety. Uh, the stuff that they're saying is completely unhinged. I mean, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene essentially just shouted to her. I don't think she shouted at her. She shouted to her, "Hey." You know, why don't you debate me? Why don't you, you know, she's calling her out saying you you believe all this crazy stuff. Why don't we have a debate? You know, why don't you put your money where your mouth is, you know, put your, uh, you know, put your uh, reputation on the line and go out there and just have a rational conversation about this instead of just. You know, doing these very safe press conferences where she'll go to like a podcast, like a super leftist podcast and say, mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus, the people are just they're so racist and everybody's so horrible. No, go out there and talk to an actual conservative and, you know, have some courage. Have some courage. Have the courage of your convictions is essentially what she's been saying. And Alexander Ocasio-Cortez is saying, oh, my God, somebody yelled at me. I, I was frightened. Uh, the, these Republicans are monsters. <laughs> how dare they say scary words, you know, like, like, you're a politician. Your whole world is like words and debate and conversation and, you know, being accused of things and accusing other people. That's like, that's like all what politics is, right? That's the mess of politics. And if you're scared of somebody talking to you, maybe it shouldn't be a representative, but let's go ahead and read the story here. Marjorie Taylor Greene confronts uh, chicken, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. So, Marjorie Taylor Greene afterwards he called her a chicken in a uh in a press conference, which I love. Chicken. I don't know if you know this, but chicken in I America know. is like a coward. Do they say the same thing in Russia?
1: You can say uh, mm-hmm, yeah. It's a weird
0: thing. I wonder how chicken.
1: Became but not, associated not with cowardice. chicken. It's like uh, he- hen. what is the mother of the chicken? Hen. Yeah. Hen. Hen. Yeah. Well, we. So th- 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 then-
0: I think a chicken is a hen. I think a rooster. Is so a, rooster, a cowardly,
1: cowardly hen. We, what is a rooster we would just a say.
0: male chicken, or is a rooster a rooster, and a chicken is a female rooster?
1: Rooster is a, is a male. I know. Chicken a baby, and hen is a
0: yeah. mother. Uh, I think a chicken may be the classification of the kind of bird. Anyway, let's keep reading. <laughs> AOC Spock's... Sorry, uh... Marjorie Taylor Greene confronts chicken Alexander Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez outside House chamber. AOC Spock's call for Congress to be a safe space for Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's so bizarre. They're like terrified of her. Um, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, Republican of Georgia, confronted uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat from New York, Wednesday, just outside the House chamber, about AOC support for terrorists and the Antifa, and ducking a, we- uh, ducking a debate on her green new deal proposal the incident was witnessed and reported by two washington post reporters aoc threw up her hands and walked away so yeah so the the problem with this whole story is that there's no video of it so we can't we can't exactly um you know say exactly what happened and and so leftists obviously are like oh you know that marjorie taylor green she was a maniac she was screaming like some kind of like psychopathic banshee like you know, they're, they're all, of course, blowing this out of proportion because there's no video evidence. So they can basically frame it in whatever way they want to distort the story. Um, two Washington Post reporters witnessed Ocasio-Cortez exit the chamber late Wednesday afternoon ahead of Green, who shouted, hey, Alexandria, twice in an effort to get her attention. Uh, when, Alexandria, uh, when Ocasio-Cortez did not stop walking, Green picked up her pace and began shouting at her. Um, well, see, I, I think it's shouting to her. I think saying shouting at her is a distortion. Because if you're shouting at somebody, it's because you're, you're angry at them or something like that. But if you're shouting to somebody, you're trying to to get them to, to pay attention mm-hmm. to you because you you have something to tell them, presumably. Uh, and asking why she supported Antifa, a loosely knit group of far left activists and Black Lives Matter, falsely claim- labeling them terrorist groups. Falsely labeling them terrorist groups. Oh, fascinating. Uh, this is an excerpt, I think, from the Washington Post or something to Washington Post reporters. I don't know what this is an excerpt from. But whoever wrote this uh, uh, thinks that uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter are not terrorist organizations, which they absolutely are. Uh, Green also shouted that Ocasio-Cortez was failing to defend her radical socialist beliefs by declining to publicly debate the freshman from Georgia. You don't care about the American people, Green shouted. Why do you support terrorists in Antifa? And I, I just love that. I think, you know... I, you know, I I'm not a Q person, right? I mean, there's probably people who follow my show that are Q people. I am not. I've never followed the Q stuff. I've never believed the Q stuff. In fact, I've often thought of it as perhaps Democrat misinformation trying to like uh, uh, trying to sort of uh, uh, trick conservatives into believing stuff that isn't true, so we're not focusing on the important things. Um, and Marjorie Taylor Greene has actually followed the Q stuff. She's she's pr- some of that stuff and some of the stuff she's she's uh, talked about has been um, you know Alex Jones stuff and I, I like some of the stuff Alex Jones says but I don't follow Alex Jones either I don't uh, I don't believe a lot of the stuff that he's purported to be true um, although I do think Alex Jones has uh, brought to light some things that other people aren't willing to do which I think is important so I don't think I don't think he's like a total fraud or anything although um, I'm not a huge Alex Jones fan but anyway so she expresses some ideas that I don't agree with but nevertheless in a metaphorical sense the woman's got balls and i do respect that greatly um you know i'm not one of these people that says okay well marjorie taylor green has said some things i don't agree with so she's not a real republican i don't like her no uh just because you don't agree with somebody on every single issue that doesn't mean they're not a real conservative or a real republican i think she absolutely is a real conservative and i respect her and i and this makes me just like her more um Ocasio-Cortez did not stop to answer Green, only to turn around once, throwing her hands in the air in an exasperation, exasperated motion, uh, because she she's not so good with the words. Uh, two reporters were not close enough to hear what the new New York Congresswoman said, and her office declined to discuss this uh, discuss her specific response. Representative Green tried to begin with an argument, sorry, begin with, sorry, <clears throat> I don't know what's going on. I got some kind of issue. All right. Representative Green tried to begin an argument with Congressman Ocasio-Cortez. And when Representative Ocasio-Cortez tried to walk away, why do they keep saying that? Just put AOC. It's so much easier. Um, Congresswoman Green began screaming and began screaming. If you're shouting to somebody because they're far away, it's not the same as screaming. Right. They're trying to make her sound crazy and kooky. Right. That's the uh, totally disingenuous. This is this is you know, this is what we call activist reporting. Uh, began screaming and called Representative Ocasio-Cortez a terrorist sympathizer, because she is. Uh, Ocasio-Cortez's spokeswoman, Lauren Hitt, said in a statement, We hope leadership and the sergeant-at-arms will take real steps to make Congress a safe, civil place for all members and staff. (laughs) Yeah, the sergeant-at-arms has to get involved here because somebody uh, shouted across the room to AOC. Therefore, uh, AOC is terrified and and stuff has to be done. Let's see here. (laughs) Especially as many offices are discussing reopening. Because of what? Because of COVID? Were they closed because of COVID? I don't understand what they're talking about. One member has already been forced to relocate her office due to Congresswoman Green's attacks. <laughs> Did somebody move their office to get away from Marjorie Taylor Green? That's too funny. Before walking Ray, Green said that the encounter was intended to hold Democrats accountable for their policy proposals. She's a chicken. She doesn't want to deb- debate the Green New Deal. She said to a small group of reporters and onlookers near the entrance to the chamber, these members are cowards. They need to defend their legislation to the people. That's pathetic. I love that. I love that. Yeah, so all of this is the Washington Post. They didn't, they didn't say that until now, but apparently it's the Washington Post that we were reading from. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene posted about her confronting AOC saying, just talk to AOC again. You chickened out because you're too scared to debate me about your socialist Green New Deal. You You are also... A hate America terror sympathizer. Hashtag Jihad Squad. (laughs) I love that. I was actually going to report about that the other day. uh, Yesterday when I didn't do the show. Hashtag Jihad Squad. I just think that's the best thing ever. Jihad Squad. Yeah. Uh, Members of Congress do not support terrorism. Let's see here. Yeah. Um, And should. uh, And shouldn't be afraid. I don't know. What, I don't. I don't understand this. Uh, and should not be afraid to debate their legislation. Okay, so I think what she's saying is that members of Congress should not support terrorism and shouldn't be afraid to debate their legislation. I think that's what she intended to say. Um, but here's the crazy thing. So all these like leftists like lost their minds at all of this stuff. Uh, they were basically, you know, I was reading this whole uh, thread on Twitter about leftists sort of celebrating this almost like AOC somehow won. This this confrontation like this is this is somehow proof that Marjorie Taylor Greene is like a bad person, and they're basically like, yeah, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is so awesome. She just owned Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, because I think I think AOC responded on Twitter by saying, um, you know, I used to be a bartender. We used to throw people like you out of the bar. Uh, Used to throw people out of the bar whose political beliefs you disagreed with. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> so, but you know, obviously they're trying to say that she was being loud and obnoxious and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Now, obviously, Marjorie Taylor Greene didn't break any uh, break anything. She she wasn't drunk. Uh, she wasn't. Uh, she wasn't being, uh, she wasn't trying to start like a physical fight or anything like that. Um, she was just shouting to Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez because she wasn't close enough to speak to her because Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was essentially running away from her uh, uh, because she's a coward, right? She won't have, um, she won't allow herself to get physically close enough to talk to a conservative to actually just have a conversation. So you have to shout to her. Uh, not necessarily shouting at her, right? But they're trying to trying to to distort what happened in this way to make Marjorie Taylor Greene sound, you know, crazy. That's that's the leftist position at this point. Um, blue checkmark liberals were triggered uh, by Marjorie Taylor Greene peacefully confronting AOC. <laughs> this is the second time that Marjorie Taylor Greene has created a hostile work environment for her colleagues. Speaker Pelosi should require that Marjorie Taylor Greene work remotely, since she isn't on any committees and, and only be in the building for votes. So yeah, yeah, that's that's great. So, so the Democrats are now going to start telling Republicans they're not even allowed to come into the congressional building. They're not allowed to come into the Capitol building because, uh, you know, they don't like them. Charlotte uh, Clymer uh, said, it feels like it's only a matter of time before Marjorie Taylor Greene assaults someone on the Hill and then... And then what? We get a tearful non-apology about how she's stressed or anxious or something? Expel from her from the house. Enough is enough. Okay, so it's only a matter of time. So you invent this scenario in which Marjorie Taylor Greene is violent, which she's never done anything violent, but she creates this imaginary scenario in which she's violent. She says, and then after she's violent, she's going to present this non-apology. And then she says, so we need to expel her now because of my imaginary event that never happened. What the hell are you talking about? You just pointed to somebody, said... I think one day they'll do something wrong, and therefore they need to be punished for this thing that I just imagined. I mean, it's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Like, these people are delusional. This guy, Michael Harriet, who's always posting insane things, he says, uh, I'm pretty sure we can all agree that Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to stab somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Michael Harriet, Uh I don't agree. I don't agree. So... You're sure everybody could agree with that, but you're wrong. Not everybody does agree with that. And I can guarantee you there are millions of Americans who also disagree with it. So you're wrong. We can't agree with that. Uh, She's never stabbed anybody, you lunatic. Uh, Nor do I expect she ever will stab anyone. I think this is kind of what Democrats feel like they want to do when they're angry with somebody or when they're uh, frustrated or upset. They feel like they want to stab somebody or hurt somebody. And so they assume that Republicans must be the same way. Well, if you've shouted at me from across the room because I wasn't close enough for you to speak with, well, that must mean that you hate me and you want to stab me. No it doesn't. No it doesn't. Just calm down Democrats. Nobody's stabbing everybody. Nobody's assaulting anyone, all right? Nobody shouted at anyone, right? You were shouted to because you were too far away to speak to. Not that big of a deal, all right? This is a this is a huge problem with Democrats because Either intentionally or unintentionally, they totally misinterpret the world around them, right? Democrat policies are all based on misperceptions of the world. And this is another one, right? It's a misperception of the world. Why, you know, whether it's disingenuous or they genuinely believe it, it doesn't really matter. The truth is Marjorie Taylor Greene was simply trying to communicate a message. She wasn't trying to assault anyone. She wasn't trying to hurt anybody. But they're all interpreting it as, she's going to stab someone. <laughs> You know, this total overreaction, this unbelievable hysteria. Uh, Representative Hakeem Jeffries says uh, uh, says that Marjorie Taylor Greene is stalking AOC. <laughs> you know they work in the same building. You are going to have them cross paths occasionally. That's not stalking, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Brianna Keeler writes, And on Marjorie Taylor Greene verbally accosting and running after AOC in the hallways of the Capitol... Uh Representative Jeffries calls it stalking. Um, yeah, okay. Oh, I, oh, and he's he's said this uh, in in video, which I'm not going to play because I want to move on to the next story. Anyway, Valeria, what do you think about AOC? What do you think about Marjorie Taylor Green? Oh, but, and and I think that even uh, Pelosi said something about. Hold on a second. I thought I had another thing about this, but maybe that's um. I don't remember what Pelosi said. Pelosi said something about this, like she was going to try to get. Oh, hold on. Yeah, I don't remember. She said something, something about it, like some some unhinged craziness. But anyway, what 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 are you thinking about this whole situation? You have sort of a blank stare, like you don't have anything any interest in this whatsoever. Well. <laughs> well.
1: This woman. Uh... She looks like. She looks terrified. Terrifying.
0: She looks terrifying. You think that's the issue? Yeah. She just looks terrifying.
1: She looks like.
0: What? What about? She looks tough.
1: Tough.
0: Okay. So the problem essentially here. Yeah. You, you know. You make a very good point. I hadn't really thought about that. She does look like she could beat the crap out of AOC, and I think that's really the issue here.
1: You can just like.
0: Yeah. AOC yeah. is a relatively small girl.
1: She's
0: small. Uh. You know. She grew up. Uh, dare I say it, privileged. Uh, you know, she basically grew up, I I suspect she grew up, um, you know, I mean, look, AOC is not for everybody. I don't think every guy is like, oh, AOC is, is a, you know, stunningly beautiful woman. But you do hear that. You do hear that on the left all the time. You know, a lot of people think AOC is very beautiful. And I can imagine that she probably got away with this a lot. I mean, that's typically, like all the bartenders I meet that are women, are usually very flirtatious, pretty women. Not necessarily the most beautiful women you've seen, but definitely flirty and pretty. Uh, and so if she was a bartender, I imagine that's probably how she made her money, right? Just yeah. how she made good tips, is like flirting with guys. And so this is her weapon of choice. Her weapon of choice is being flirtatious, trying to be fun and, and funny, talking to guys, getting attention from guys. And uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a is a real person, right? She's a tough a tough girl and uh she doesn't mind confrontation whereas I think AOC uh, isn't really used to that. How dare somebody disagree with me on something? Oh my gosh, my feelings were hurt. She scared me because she w- walked vaguely toward me and shouted across the room to me to try to get my attention. This is not something that should scare anyone, but um but yeah, I guess I guess you make a good point. She she looks tough. So I guess, I guess that's, that's something that's scary to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, uh, man. Uh, yeah. So basically, we have shown that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a massive coward. And uh, she, can't, she can't handle somebody shouting to her from across the room. Uh, and if so, she wants law enforcement to get involved. <laughs> anyway, leftists are crazy, as we always say on the show. And apparently incredibly weak and cowardly all right shall we move on to the next story darling
1: uh france bans use of woke gender neutral language in schools
0: yeah i wanted to cover this story but i didn't have time to read this one today um but so let's have a look here france bans the use of woke gender neutral language in schools it's a danger for our country i love that i love that we should do that we should do that uh, France is continuing to crack down on far left attempts to make the country woke by banning the use Isn't of gender. Isn't
1: he gay? Sorry.
0: No, no, darling. He's French. I know. Sometimes he's it's hard. Gay. No, he's French.
1: I think he is a hidden gay.
0: <laughs> darling, all Frenchmen are a little.
1: Dan, <laughs> I don't like it.
0: Anybody watching this from France is like you, dick. <laughs> it's a joke, obviously. Um, let's see here. Uh, attempts to make the country woke by banning the use of gender-neutral language in schools, saying that the push uh, was a threat to French language altogether and could push people to learn English instead. Uh, I love that. I love that. I, I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day about this. Like the U- the 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 European countries, including the UK, all the European countries have massively failed to protect their own cultures. They've let in too many immigrants too quickly and they are destroying their own countries, they're destroying their own societies and they need to start cracking down now or else Europe is going to be unrecognizable in 10, 20 years. I mean, it's just going to be I mean, it's not going to, there's going to be no white people left. You know, uh, I mean, that's kind of an exaggeration, but it, it is a little scary. You know, I don't want to go through Vienna and have it be all, you know, uh, what do you call that? Uh, you know, all, all Middle Eastern language, all Arabic letters everywhere. You know, I want Europe to remain Europe. If I'm going to travel through Europe, I want to see Europeans. I want to see lederhosen. <laughs> I don't want to see uh, hijabs everywhere. You know, if I want to see that, I'll go to the United Arab Emirates. I'll go to some Arab country if, if I want to experience that culture. I, I do think that people have a right to preserve their culture. Uh, you know, in whatever place they're from their ancestors are from. Let's see here. the country's education okay, um, the country's education ministry issued the ruling last week after a push to include full stops in the middle of written words dubbed midpoints, which allowed both male and female forms to be represented simultaneously. That's bizarre. okay. Yeah, that's weird. I don't. Really, I don't speak French. I mean, I speak a little French. But I don't speak French well enough to really understand what that means. I know it's. Um, I know French is a language which is um, has gender words, right? So, like, the word car might be male, and the word, you know, table might be female. Same
1: as like in that. Russian, we have
0: right gender. Right. So I guess that's what they mean? I'm not really sure. Uh, which allowed both male and female forms to represent simultaneously, the Dale male reported. In French grammar, nouns take the gender of the subject to which they refer, <clears throat> with male preferred over female in mixed settings. Um, right, because, and, and historically, the word man in English also meant women. It was like mankind, right? All men are created equal meant all humans are created equal. All men and women are created equal. Um, but for whatever reason, the left doesn't recognize this. Like, they don't understand it. And so they want to change all, like, the, you know, hi- historical texts. Instead of saying man to represent all humans, they want it to say, like, people or men and women. It's just, it's idiotic. I mean, it's just a, it's almost being, like, super lazy. There's nothing, there's nothing, um, misogynist about the word man. The word man just historically... It's
1: ma'am.
0: It's (laughs) ma'am. Okay, let's see here. Uh, The Académie Française, a nearly 400-year-old institution that... uh, Or the Académie Française? I don't know. Nearly 400-year institution that guards the French language pushed back on the attempt to make the language woke, saying that it's harmful to the practice and understanding of French. Well, exactly. Yeah. And and we've, we're destroying the English language real quick. Uh, Natalie Alimas, the state secretary for priority education, said on Tuesday that the attempts to make the language woke were a danger to our country and the death knell for the, US, uh, for the use of the French. Huh, excuse me, and the death knell for the use of French in the world. Alimas said the move would not make the language more popular, and instead would drive people to learn English instead. With the spread of inclusive writing, the English language already. Quasi hegemonic across the world would certainly and perhaps forever defeat the French language," she said. And we can keep reading about this, but the point is that the French realize that wokeness is destroying their culture. the The great thing about France, or I guess the great thing, the um, one thing that is some something of a relief, something that gives me hope about about the French, is that they have endured a lot of uh, sort of cultural pressure from Muslims, like their country has been seriously affected uh, by an influx of Muslims into France. And and almost everything about Muslim cultures, people from Muslim cultures moving into France has been detrimental to the French, uh, to the country, to the people, to the, to the society, to the culture, to everything. Absolutely detrimental. So they realized the harm. And the French started pushing back before any of the other European countries. And they're the only one uh, well, one of the few, I guess you got like Poland and Hungary and places like that, but it's one of the few countries that have really pushed back against all this sort of woke leftist crap because they realize a lot of it pushes, you know, we need to have open immigration and we have to have more Muslims coming into your country. And they're like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. no. This has caused a huge number of problems for our country, and so they're recognizing this and they're pushing back in various ways. And I, Just and hope I, by I, the I like time
1: it. we can visit uh, France, me and you, they will still have Croissant, and not the hummus. You know, hummus. I mean, <laughs> well,
0: exactly. You know
1: what hummus I mean. Hamas?
0: Uh, no, not Hamas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, they won't have Hamas or hummus. But I do like hummus. I mean, who doesn't like hummus? Mm. You don't like hummus? Oh, there's something wrong with you. All right, darling. Let's read the next story because the next story actually is a nice contrast to this one.
1: Okay. Uh, second largest teacher's union member to go woke.
0: Right, right. So the second largest teacher's union encourages all of its members to get enlightened through texts on anti-racism and white fragility. So as the French become less woke, we become more woke. All right. Sorry. My writer's writing me and I'm, I'm trying to see if it's something that I should relate to you guys, which probably is. But I think I'm a little late, so I'm not going to read that. OK, let's move on to this. So, yeah. So, yeah, as the French are figuring out they should go less woke or should fight woke culture, we're going more woke because we're a bunch of morons. And I like this picture <laughs> that they've they've posted um, to be white is to be raised functionally illiterate on the topic of race. Uh, And this woman is a a, a noted race-baiting degenerate. Um, So let's read this uh, story here. The second largest teachers' union in the country is offering members of its San Diego affiliate to read free copies of a book about anti-racism and white fragility for enlightening some
1: of the... Virginity? Fragility. Fragility. Sorry.
0: (laughs) My wife, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so... uh, American Federation of Teachers website posted a flyer to its website Friday offering union members free coffees of how to be an anti-racist by Ibram X. Okay, I think this, Ibram, Ibram X, Ibram X, is his real name's like Jeff or something, I can't remember, but he's changed his name to make himself more black, you know, more interesting. Um, How to be an anti-racist, it's a completely racist book. You know, a lot of these leftist things, like, you know how to be an anti-racist. It really should be titled "How to Be a Racist," right? It's just being a racist against white people. Um, Ibram X. Kendi is his name. W- yeah, let's look up his. Let's look up this guy. Ibram X. Kendi. There we go. Uh, Henry Rogers. <laughs> Henry Rogers is his actual name, um, but he goes by Ibram X. Kendi. Because he's he he doesn't want to use the, the the culturally white name Henry Rogers, so he's going with with Ibram Kendi. Uh, white fragility by Robin D'Angelo. So this woman up here, this is Robin D'Angelo. She's the completely degenerate piece of garbage uh, white woman who pretends that all white people are racist, including herself, <laughs> and reclaiming our stories too by Khalid Paul Alexander, and Manuel Paul Lopez, also probably degenerates. I don't know who those people are, though. Um, I was actually just talking about this today, uh, about how there's this this idea that um, we have a problem in America of white guilt, and that's why we're kind of allowing all this BS, you know, racism against white people and stuff like that. But I'm not actually sure that that's true. So I, I've always had a problem with the white guilt thing because I've always thought, like, I can see that leftists are doing things to try to make amends for the sins of, of our ancestors, right? Sins of white people from 100 years ago or something. But is it really – do they really feel guilty or, do, or are they just virtue signaling? And, and to me, there's two very different things. If you genuinely feel guilt, right, you genuinely feel guilt. Like, if you're the kind of person who... Why
1: would you feel guilt?
0: Well, exactly, that's the whole Why point. would
1: you feel guilt? It
0: doesn't make any sense. Now, here's the thing. I do think there are some people who feel white guilt. They feel like, oh, I'm wealthy, I, I'm successful, I look at these black people, they're less successful.
1: I'm white, but I'm Russian. It's a completely different thing. Russians right. were slaves.
0: Right, Russians were slaves. Um, I'm Scottish, and I'm German, and we, you know, are... Our peoples have had difficult histories, you know. Um, two, two of the nations that actually fought back the Romans, we were never colonized by the Romans in the same way that the rest of the Europe was. Um, is that a good thing or bad thing? I don't know. It's just a thing. <laughs> we were kind of barbarians back in the day. Um, you know, the, the Scottish were oppressed by the English to some degree. Do I deserve reparations for that? I don't know. No. But nobody in my family ever enslaved anyone. Uh, nobody in my family at all ever enslaved anyone. Of course, the left would argue that, well, I benefited from, you know, the, the racism of black people because we were prefer. No, we weren't. No, we weren't. We were poor basically until my my father's generation. Mara, I, well, if you go back far enough, if you go back to, you know, we had different enterprises. I think we had a shoe store at one point. Uh, my grandfather worked for the electric company, Then my father started a business. But that's the first time we ever had like a significant amount of money. Before that, uh, you know, before I, I don't know, we were always on the west coast. Uh, we were always in Minnesota, and then we were in Washington and Oregon. So we weren't even really, we had nothing to do with black people um, at the time that we came to America. My my German ancestors, Germans were actually uh, considered to be sort of inferior. They were there was a prejudice against Germans, uh, and so and you know, the, and there was prejudice against Scottish people as well in America at, at certain points. So. You know, uh, our family certainly weren't, you know, original English colonists. We weren't the kind of people that were in the upper echelon of society, uh, anyone in my history that I can, that I can find. We were all basically poor for most of history as far as I can, as far back as I've been able to tell on my Ancestry.com tree, uh, but, uh, but nevertheless, I get blamed for the sins of other white people that I have nothing to do with me in the past. And it's, of course, ridiculous, um, and of course, I don't feel guilty about that. Of course, I don't feel freaking guilty about that. I've never oppressed anyone because of their race, uh, but I have been oppressed because of my race. So not only is it offensive to say, oh, you should feel guilty about being white, uh, because I've never done anything to feel guilty about, but also, if anything, you should feel guilty about oppressing me. <laughs> In the 21st century, white people are far more oppressed than any other groups. White straight white men especially. Um but uh but again, I don't I don't know if even the even the people who are like bowing to black people, like physically bowing to black people, do they really feel guilty? I don't think so. So here here's what I think is going on. One, I think it's all about virtue signaling, right? Showing how not racist you are by saying that I acknowledge that white people, people that are the same skin color as me did these bad things. But you're not actually taking accountability yourself because why would that doesn't make any sense. You've never done anything like that yourself. So why would just make any sense? But you're sort of throwing other people under the bus that are also innocent to make yourself look good. So this is the strategy of the left. I've never met a conservative who feels white guilt. But also these these leftists who say that there's, you know, who who I think encourage us to believe that there's this white guilt around. Uh, again, I, th- I, th- I just think they're virtue signaling. I don't think that they feel guilty at all. So I think this concept of, of, the, of white guilt sort of facilitating all of this woke garbage, I don't think any of that's true. I think it's all virtue signaling. I think any time a white person apologizes for the sins of white people I don't think they're apologizing for anything they've done at all. I think they're pointing to conservatives and saying, they're the racist, they're the bad people, they're the ones you need to hate. Not me, I'm the good person, right? So it's this ability to sort of uh, deflect any blame from themselves. So no, none of us have a white guilt. The whole concept of white guilt is nonsense. I think we should stop talking about it. Anyway, moving on to the rest of this story quickly. Um the American Federation of Teachers website posted a flyer on its website Wednesday. We talked about that. Okay. Don't miss out on these compelling novels, the flyer says. Below, uh, below the flyer is a message to union members asking them that if they're interested in du- indulging in some anti-racist summertime reading, uh, the books would be made available at the AFT office in Mission Valley at no cost to members. Here, here's, to some enlightened su- here's to an enlightened summer, the message says. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely disgusting. Uh, Kendi, or Rogers, as I like to call him, is the founding director of the Center of Anti-Racism Research at Boston University. His new book became a New York Times bestseller um, because so many people wanted it, I think, probably on their coffee table for people to see so that they could go, look how not racist I am. I'm reading the book, How to Be an (laughs) Anti-Racist. Just having that book is virtue signaling, I think. Uh, In the book, Kendi defines racism in terms of actions and policies that are Either racist or anti-racist, he's argued that you can't you can't separate the origins of racism from the origins of capitalism. According to uh, diverse education, you can't be an anti-racist if you're a pro-capitalist because they're like conjoined twins. Oh, are they, Henry? <laughs> that 's what we call bullshit, ladies and gentlemen um robin d'angelo 's book, also New York Times bestseller, explores the counterproductive reactions white people have when their assumptions about race are challenged and how these react how these reactions maintain racial inequality. Uh, one thing I really hate about this woman, and i 'm not going to read the rest of this about this woman in this perspective that if you say you 're not racist that 's just proof that you 're a racist right um this is actually a um a twist on uh, uh, homophobia, the concept of homophobia. So, in the 1990s, uh, a lot of conservatives were like, you know, being a homosexual is wrong. We need to, we 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 need to, as a society, we need to reject homosexuality as an appropriate way of life. We need to say this is an inappropriate way of life. And they, somebody had this kind of hilarious, clever idea that if you were a homosexual, that means you, you were actually you you were a homophobic. If you're homophobic, that meant that you were a latent homosexual, which meant that you were secretly a homosexual, and you didn't want to be perceived as a homosexual, and so you were, uh, you were trying to, um, what's the word, Um, you were trying to compensate for your your homosexuality by acting strongly anti-homosexual, right? So it's like... uh, so, like, if I, were, if I were secretly attracted to men, I would look at homosexuals and go, oh, gross, homosexuals are gross. I, oh, I hate that kind of thing. Oh, it's so icky, isn't it, guys? Oh, yeah, yeah, we hate the homosexuals, right? So this is how they, <laughs> how they tried to, I guess, cast anyone who, is, uh, who, who would uh, contradict them on any political point, right? And for a long time, I think that conservatives had a very difficult time dealing with that because it was something that people would believe. I mean, people believed this, uh, and they thought it was great, and and they they kept pushing this idea that if you if you contradicted any uh, progressive point on homosexuality, then you yourself were secretly a homosexual, right? And conservatives didn't want to be called a homosexual, so they had to sit there and think, okay, how do I get around this, right? And it literally took like a decade for for conservatives to figure out that they could go, uh, that's an idiotic point that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> And, and that's all you have to say, really, is, is like, okay, what you're saying right now doesn't make any sense. So if I agree with you that homosexuality is great and we should adopt all these resources, then I'm not a homosexual. But if I disagree with you and say we shouldn't adopt all of these uh, the, this legislation, then mm-hmm. somehow I am a homosexual. That doesn't make any sense. You're just saying that to try to convince people that you're right and I'm wrong. It's, it's yeah. a, an idiotic ploy. But so now this woman adopted that approach for her BS race-baiting garbage. She's like, if you agree with me, then that means that you're an enlightened person and you're not racist at all. But if you disagree with me that all white people are racist, well, then that means you're definitely a racist. I mean, it's just, it doesn't, no, nothing that this woman says makes any sense. But sadly, certain people on the left still accept this. They still accept that they, they still go along with it. And they're like, yes, it's so true. Um, I'll read a little bit about it here. She says, uh, White fragility is a state in which even a minimal challenge to the white position becomes intolerable, triggering a range of defensive positions, D'Angelo's website says. Racism is the foundation of Western society. We are socialized into a racial hierarchy, her website says in a description about her approach to anti-racism. So this is what I'm talking about, right? This is the concept of white fragility. White people are just so fragile about being accused of being a racist. We're not fragile, you stupid idiot. The, re- the reason why we disagree with you is because you're wrong. It's because you're wrong. That's it. Uh, no. Western, civ- Western society is not founded on racism. It's just idiot. Everything about this woman is moron. she needs to travel a little bit. She needs to travel a bit. She's a moron. OK? Go anywhere in the world. Go to China, go to Africa. Go to India, go anywhere, and you will see tons of racism. To sit here and say, Oh, the foundation of Western civilization was racism and we have to you know, we, we have to be punished for our evil white sins. No, everybody was racist. Everybody is racist. The only people that aren't racist are Northern Europeans and white Americans and, and people who colonized the world from Northern Europe. That's it. We're the only people that are not racist, all right? If anything, we deserve a flipping medal. Next story. <laughs> Unless you want to say something about this, darling. No. Okay. next story
1: can we do the rest of the stories in 10 minutes yes we can (laughs) they're short they're short three i think three yes rachel meadow said she can no longer feel superior for wearing a mask
0: yes rachel maddow is having that rachel maddow she's the she's the girl that looks like a boy on msnbc Ah. Uh, Yes, (laughs) it's that one. Uh, CNN
1: CNN degenerate?
0: Yeah, uh, MSNBC degenerate. MSNBC degenerate. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. (laughs) Progressives are upset about the CDC lifting a mask mandate. So this isn't actually the Rachel Maddow story. I wanted to start out with something else here, a a different news article. Because this actually enlightened me as to why uh, the left is all like, we need to get a vaccine and we need to keep wearing the masks. Because I couldn't understand this for for a while, but this actually enlightened me quite a bit as to what they're thinking. So progressives voiced their dismay following the Center for Disease Control's prevention uh, updated guidance that, um, that vaccinated people no longer need to wear masks indoors or outdoors. Progressives and medical experts immediately criticized the new Center for Disease Control and Prevention's mask guidelines, arguing that the alteration was extreme and would be harmful to certain parts of the population, which it doesn't make any sense, right? I mean, logically, conservatives are just like, what the hell are you talking Because we don't know, we don't quite understand always how leftists think because they're so flippin' crazy. But actually, in this case, the way they're thinking actually... Wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. Progressives and medical experts criticized, but isn't CDC our medical experts? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, some medical experts, obviously. Leftist <laughs> medical experts. But listen, but in this case, the, the, what they're saying actually makes a little bit of sense. It's, it, I mean, it doesn't make total sense. But it actually is somewhat logical, which is bizarre for the left. But anyway, it's interesting. Um, the CDC has done an about face that's shockingly abrupt. It's confusing and could actually disincentivize vaccines. Dr. Liana went, and I didn't really understand this. I didn't understand this, but I it took me a second, but I, I figured it out. Like, how does how does saying if you get the vaccine, you can take your mask off disincentivize people from getting vaccines? But what she's saying actually makes sense. So hold on a second. Um, yes, vaccinated people are well-protected and no threat to others, she said in a later tweet. But do we trust that honor, uh, that the honor system uh, won't unvaccinated people pretend to be vaccinated and stop wearing masks? So this is their concern, which actually does make some sense. That people who don't want to get vaccinated, right? Now that we've said, okay, if you're vaccinated, you can take off your mask outside. Mm-hmm. So now she thinks that what's going to happen is unvaccinated people like us are going to go around without our masks outside and just people are just going to assume we're vaccinated because we're not wearing our masks and we can feel we can go out feeling perfectly fine Everybody that's why you,
1: you get the you get the baseball cat was saying i'm, I'm vaccinated, vaccinated. Hey,
0: but here's the thing sweetie we do that like and we know other people who do it as well uh we're totally happy that you can go without masks because now the two of us who will never be vaccinated, um, we don't get as many questions. We don't get as many dirty looks. People are people are fine with us not wearing masks because they assume that we're vaccinated, which is great. Um, so she's right. They're but
1: all- I actually want to say no. I'm not vaccinated. I'm just an a-hole, you know, because I don't <laughs> and, want people. And that, to think ladies that, and gentlemen, you
0: know- is why I married her, <laughs> and she's hot. Anyway, so... Uh, no, you're, you're right. You're right. Uh, uh, you know, we don't care as much. But there's a lot of people who, like us, will go out without masks uh, and they won't feel like they're being ostracized by society mm-hmm. because uh, some of the people, most of the people are vaccinated now or a lot of people are vaccinated. So um, they're right. They're right. The problem, of course, is that when you're walking around outside, a mask doesn't really make any difference. You know,
1: I heard conversation yesterday in the elevator. Mm-hmm. There was a couple and the guy was... Um saying to his girlfriend he was like there's a guy walked into he has this some kind of business like a store somewhere here mm-hmm, and he was mm-hmm. like the guy walked in without a mask on and i was like can you put a mask on he was like the cgc said you can remove your mask and he was like well that's a private business and i was like i can't imagine like what these people feel like they got the vaccine they did everything cgc yes. told them for like year and yes, a half yes. and they still can do yeah. like what they said because that's a private business yeah. and there it doesn't you don't know when are they going to remove their restrictions yeah a on lot of masks. businesses
0: in l a ha- have not caught up I think the people CDC like guidelines damn yeah.
1: when can I just get rid walk of the in without mask, mask yeah, on yeah. you know
0: yeah well we're in a very progressive area we're in Los Angeles and they they will just you know they'll just keep doubling down tripling down and actually so what's really telling about this what's really telling about this is what we saw with Um, what's
1: up good morning
0: with what rachel maddow said uh about about hey hey stop paying attention to the cat stop paying attention
1: (laughs) good morning sunday morning
0: (laughs) you know you have you have fans out there (laughs) good morning Sunday. (laughs) not this woman not this woman no uh so rachel so rachel maddow kind of revealed i think what a lot of democrats are are saying now which is that uh Oh, you mean I can't look down on people who don't wear masks when I wear a mask? Like, she's she seems genuinely unhappy that she no longer has to wear a mask because this was a nice symbol. Sort of like the Star of David, right? The, the sort of reverse of that in Nazi Germany, right? In Nazi Germany, certain people had to wear patches so that people who didn't have to wear patches could look at the patch people and say, oh, I'm superior, uh, but Rachel Maddow loves the mask because the mask is a sign. She
1: can wear her mask for the rest of her yeah, life because she's not the prettiest woman in this world.
0: Rachel Maddow, please, for the love of humanity, wear a mask. Wear a mask for the rest of your life. Wear a mask on the show. Just constantly wear a mask. We would all love it if you would wear a mask, Rachel Maddow. Uh, okay, let's see here. NBC host... Rachel Maddow said on her third... Well, let's just watch what she has to say here. Because it is... It's it's quite beautiful. Oh, you know what? I think this uh, played past. Ready to go. Let's There we go. There she is. Is that her? Yeah, I think that's it. Okay, so let's go ahead and play this. I'm going to turn the volume on.
2: We'll just tell you at a personal level, I'm sorry for t- speaking of all that in such personal terms with, the, with Dr. Walensky. But when I was talking to people today about this new guidance and what to ask her, everybody had very personal feelings about it, and I realized I did too. And all these questions, part of it is that I feel like I'm going to have to rewire myself so that when I see somebody out in the world who's not wearing a mask, I don't instantly think you are a threat, (laughs) or you are selfish, or you are a COVID denier, and you definitely haven't been vaccinated. I mean, we're going to have to rewire the way that we look at each other because the CDC's guidance, which she just told. We are sure is that if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask except in very specific circumstances. As we change that as a country, we are going to look at each other differently and have to unwire our preconceptions about what a mask or a lack of a mask means. President Biden spoke to that a little bit today, asking for people to President Biden, actually, and Dr. Fauci both spoke to that today, asking for people to essentially be patient be compassionate give people respect for whatever they decide on this front because with these with this changing guidance we're going to now have changing norms and we got to give each other space to have feelings about that um as we go through what's going to be a big change that's going to create a lot of visceral um a lot of visceral reaction in a lot of us just in our day-to-day lives
0: so this is this is you know this is obviously insane but i can guarantee ladies and gentlemen uh rachel maddow will not stop disrespecting you just because you you know you're you're now allowed to not wear a mask uh rachel maddow will find a way to try to feel superior to everybody else that she sees in the world uh she just can't do it with the obvious mask now which is obviously painful for her a little bit of a problem but she'll figure it out i you know i believe in rachel maddow i believe in her ability to feel superior to others uh for really no reason whatsoever, because she is a moron. She is a conspiracy theorist. She is, uh, you know, a, a complete degenerate. And uh,
1: no, degenerous. <laughs> Ellen degenerous. Ellen
0: degenerous. <laughs> yeah. Well. Anyway. So. So. Uh, she's. Uh, yeah. She. She will. She will constantly be this horrible person. But because she's got a successful show, I think in large part because she's a lesbian and MSNBC mm-hmm. wanted that kind of person to have a show and uh, they promoted her show for years. So even though she doesn't have the best ratings in the world, uh, she is definitely beloved by some far-left lunatics. And uh, MSNBC will continue to push her forever, um, even though she's total crap, and she she pushes conspiracy theories all day long, and she will continue to feel superior to other people. I don't think that you can have the job that she has um, push these lies constantly day after day with the kind of confidence that she does if you don't have you know, a massive ego. I mean, she is irrationally arrogant. Um, And, you know, she's delusional, I think not only about politics, but I think about herself. I think she thinks of herself as superior to other people. This is something I think a lot of Democrats like to do. They like to believe they're superior to other people. I mean, you heard what she said. It's all about emotion. None of it was about facts or reason. It was all, you know, she's like, a lot of this is just going to, Make us viscerally feel we're gonna viscerally feel uh, weird about this. It's gonna it's just gonna feel weird, and we have to sort of deal with that. And that's that's a huge problem with the left, right? A lot of the things that they believe are based on their feelings, and they completely ignore reality. They just, they're just like, but it makes me feel bad, and I don't I don't like to feel bad. I don't understand. So yeah, uh, but I do I do trust that Rachel Maddow will get through this and continue to be able to feel superior to everybody else because she is a delusional degenerate darling do you have anything to say about this do you love rachel maddow secretly do you secretly watch msnbc when i'm not looking no <laughs> the look of disgust on valeria's face was absolutely beautiful yes. all right darling rachel, shall we move on what do you want to the next story
1: come here come
0: here you want to just ignore me and talk to the yes, cat for the rest here. of the show okay come here. darling yes next story
1: GOP caves on Democrats' investigation of Capitol protest.
0: Yeah, so this is kind of frustrating. So apparently we're going into a massive investigation of the Capitol protest uh, so that we can make sure that we know exactly what happened that encouraged people to casually walk through the Capitol building. It's ridiculous. Uh, Republicans on the House Homeland Security Committee have caved to Democrats' demands for a 9-11-style commission to investigate the January 6th Capitol riot. I bet that'll cost no money at all. And by no money all, I mean millions and millions of taxpayer dollars. Hello, Aston. Uh, Let's see here. GOP Representative uh, John Katko, the ranking member on the committee, led negotiations with the Democrats to reach consensus about the commission. His support for the commission is being marketed by the corporate media as bipartisan support. But The New York Times... Sorry. But the New York representative is one of the few Republicans in the House who voted to impeach former President Donald Trump the second time... Democrats targeted him, so CatCo essentially needs to go. If you are a voter in New York, please vote out this piece of garbage. Um, he also blames Trump for causing the insurrection at the Capitol. So, yeah, he, he's somebody like uh, like Liz Cheney, who just need to be voted out of office. Um by deliberately promoting the baseless theory suggesting that the election was somehow stolen, the president created a combustible environment for dis- of disinformation, disenfranchisement, <laughs> and division. Aston, you want to say hi to the fans? Okay. Uh. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand why Liz Cheney... You want to come up here? I, I don't understand why Liz Cheney or this guy or other Republicans uh, are... are perfectly willing to accept that the election was perfectly fair. I think that there there might be some kind of... Um, you really want to get on camera today, don't you? All right, come on. Yep. There
1: you
0: go. Ooh, um, I think that there's some... Um, the, the, the sort of perception that Americans are going to... I don't know if they, if we lose faith in our democracy or something like that, then it's going to wreak havoc on the whole system. Like so- somehow America is going to collapse if Americans stop having uh, total faith in uh, our election system. But the problem the problem with that is that, yeah, OK, maybe there will be some kind of an issue if people stop having faith in the, the in the uh, election system. But if the election system actually is broken, if there are actual, you know, as actual fraud involved, if there is actual cheating involved, then it doesn't matter what the American people believe. The American people the the, the uh, our whole system of government is collapsing. It doesn't really matter what the American people think. It doesn't we're not going to hasten the collapse if fraud actually exists. If we if we lose faith in the our election system, Irrationally, if there was no fraud, then okay, yeah, I can understand what they're saying. But for them to just assume that there was no fraud despite all of the red flags, to me, they're just li- like they're either lying or, you know, and I think the reason why they would lie is because of this fear. But if there really is fraud, if there really is some kind of nastiness going on there, we have to figure that out. We can't just let that go. And not not only are they just letting it go and they're perfectly willing to ignore the possibility of any kind of fraud, they're actively fighting against any any thoughts, any speculation about that. Uh, and so to me, these people are enemies of the state. These people are actively trying to stop Americans from discussing the possibility of perhaps the election was fraudulent, which I think we must be able to talk about. We must be able to to speculate about if we're going to have a healthy democracy or a healthy you know representative republic or whatever the hell you want to call it a lot of people get mad when you say democracy Uh, we call these people pedants do not get mad when somebody says democracy it is stupid everybody knows what we're talking about I get mad when people get mad about that All right, let's see here Uh, baseless theories he calls it Uh, when this manifested in violent acts on January 6th no it didn't uh, he refused to promptly and forcefully call it off, putting countless lives in danger. Katko said, "What is up with these these never Trumper degenerates? I mean, this guy is. I mean, what he's saying here is delusional. Nothing Trump said encouraged any kind of violence. All right, there were protesters who casually walked through the Capitol. Yeah, there was some pushing and shoving. Nobody got really hurt. Nobody died. Okay, there was a, there was a false account of one police officer dying, but it was false." You can move past it, Catco, you piece of garbage. I really hate this guy. I hate this guy more than Democrats. Because this is the kind of a-hole that parades around as a Republican and then goes around and he tries to subvert uh, the will of the people. The will of the people is investigate the election. We believe there was fraud. That's the will of the people. And this guy's saying, no, there isn't, no, there isn't, everything's fine here, everything's fine, don't look behind the curtain, everything's fine. Like, what the hell are you defending Democrats for, you piece of trash? You're supposed to be a Republican, you're supposed to represent us. Darling. No, no, I will not just, oh, I hate this guy. I want to move to New York and run against him just to take that mf -er out. Oh, I hate people like that. Pelosi previously proposed having an 11-member committee dominated by seven Democrats, while Republicans would have only four members. House Homeland Security uh, Committee Chairman Democrat uh, Benny Thompson of Mississippi and Catco, however, decided a 10-person committee with equal partisanship is necessary to move forward. It is unclear at this point what kind of... Well, it doesn't matter if they're Republican, if they're never Trump or Republicans. They're just mm-hmm. rhinos. If they're just rhinos. It doesn't really matter if they're cons- like Democrats or Republicans. They're basically all Democrats. Um, it is unclear at this point what kind of members members the GOP will place on the committee. Subpoenas so will also be allowed, as long as the chair and vice chair of the commission concur on majority of the commission votes to issue. There has been a growing consensus that the January 6th attack is of a, com- uh, is a, of a complexity and national significance that we need is an independent investigation to investigate sorry an, an independent commission to investigate thompson and catco said in a joint statement i don't care what these people say they are human garbage and they need to be voted out and replaced okay darling the last story of the day go finally hey 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 show some respect to the show and to the fans
1: it's not about the show and about the show and the fans it's about how many stories we have and how little time that's we fine. have that's fine
0: they're good they're all good stories go <laughs>
1: report fi- Re- report finds democrats election bill funded by dark money with foreign backers
0: yeah this is really interesting so i didn't i didn't actually get a chance to look at this story but i was so intrigued by the headline i wanted to go ahead and go through with this uh, and read it um go through with this go through this <laughs> go through with it go through this and read it uh, democrat election takeover bill, funded by Dark Money Group, bankrolled by foreign donor. Okay, this is interesting. So the contents, this is written by Grant Atkinson of the Western Journal. Uh, The contents of the Democrats' House resolution won uh, the election bill. So by by, by the way, the H.R. 1 bill is something I've been meaning to make a video about, and I never did. Um, But I have a word file entitled H.R. 1 that I wanted to go over it. It's essentially all the things i warned everybody about if Democrats won uh if biden won in november it was like i know that they're going to try to take all these measures to ensure democrat victories from this point on forever and ever and ever and that's essentially what hr1 is um the contents of the bill are controversial enough by themselves but now a new report suggests that a dark money group financed by a foreign national is funding the lobbying for that bill along with other democratic priorities According to Fox News, the 13, uh, sorry, the <laughs> the 1630 fund has put almost $2 million into the efforts to sway senators on issues ranging from H.R. 1 to D.C. statehood and the Voting Rights Act amendment, right? So these are all things that are being used to ensure Democrat supremacy in Washington forever. Uh, Fox News reported that $1.3 million has been spent on internal lobbyists and another... Uh four hundred and eighty thousand was sent to government relations firm Keefe Keefe Singeser Partners? I don't know. Keefe Singesser Partners between two thousand nineteen and two thousand twenty. That group is headed by Mara Keefe, who is the former chief of staff for Democrat Senator uh Gene Shaheen of New Hampshire. Let's see here. Uh, the 1630 Fund would certainly be considered a dark money group by any reasonable person. According to the New York Times, Swiss billionaire Hans Jorf Weiss indirectly shelled out $135 million to the group between two, 2016 and 2020. Well, I'm going to have to look up that guy. Uh, through the Burger Action Fund, which shares facilities and staff with the Weiss Foundation. The Times explained that dark money typically refers to political spending channeled through nonprofit groups that can be relatively secret about their Uh, finances and donors, the outlet reported that this type of spending has become more prominent in the wake of multiple court rulings that loosened restrictions on campaign finances. The Times made clear that despite the left's accusation of Republicans making use of dark money funds, they've increasingly shown a willingness to do so themselves. While progressives and election watchdogs announced the developments uh, as bestowing too much power to wealthy interests, Democrat donors and operatives increasingly made use of dark money, the outlet reported. During 2020's election cycle, groups aligned with Democrats spent more than 514 million on such funds, compared to about 200 million spent by groups aligned with Republicans, according to an analyst by the Research for Responsive Politics. Essentially, the Democrats are are using dark money, hiding who their money is coming from, uh, in a far more significant way than Republicans. Because even though Republicans are taking dark money, I don't think. See, the, the problem with the whole system is that Republicans are patriots, right? Typically, typically we don't do anything that is going to be against the public interest, going to be, going to reduce the quality of life of, of Americans. But Democrats are not patriotic. They don't care about America. They don't care about the quality of life here. They will do whatever they think is best to stay in power, to raise money, to get votes. They, they don't care about, really, the quality of life of America, right? They don't care about America first. The, the whole Build Back Better campaign of the whole slogan... That's an international slogan. That is not just Joe Biden's slogan. That was also the slogan in the UK, Build Back Better. And it was also a slogan used by... Um, uh, what's that sort of New World Order thing that they're doing? The uh, the sort of Green New Deal that's coming out of... Uh, is it What is that, Germany? I forget. There's this whole, like... Oh, gosh, I forget what it's called. This whole program to push Green New Deal crap. Anyway... Using COVID as the excuse. They were using COVID as the excuse. Why can't I remember that? I can't remember stuff. I'm worse than Joe Biden sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, this Build Back Better thing was an international slogan that was used by a variety of different groups. It wasn't just Joe Biden, uh, but the, the Biden people, they took that because, you know, they were, they were part of that international effort. Oh, he just went to the bathroom. That's what happened. We got a fancy electronical gadgety uh, uh, litter box, and so the cat goes to the bathroom. You can hear the machine be triggered. And for some reason, he goes crazy meowing after he goes to the bathroom. Why is that? It's weird. We need right? to,
1: like, cheer, I guess. I don't know.
0: All right. We need to cheer. Hey, good job, Aston. All right, let's see. Um, Vice said in 2014 that he was not a United States citizen, Fox News reported. Uh This... Further raises questions about his involvement in lobbying for bills such as HR1. In a separate article, Fox News explained some of the controversial p- provisions in the HR1 election bill. And uh, I mean, I've basically gone over that. I'm not going to go over this whole story, um, but that's interesting. So I'm actually going to look up this guy uh, and I'm going to investigate his whole situation. Hans Jorg Weiss. Hans Jorg Weiss. We don't want you interfering with our politics, Hans Jorg Weiss. Get the F out. Not interested. You should not be dictating how America works. Um, Okay, well, that's it for the news, darling. Yes. Would you like to read questions and comments?
1: Yeah, we have two super chats. Oh,
0: fantastic. You're Uh, very
1: dark. It's okay. So the first super chat from Luke Mihalik. Pigs are used to find this fungi plus the word used to describe rearranging a deck of cards by sliding the cards over each other quickly.
0: Say that all oh, one more time?
1: I think you need to read that.
0: I, I don't... I, I, okay. Who wrote it? Luke. Luke Mahalik. Yeah. Um,
1: it's a super chat. All
0: right, I'm looking. Let's see here. All right, he writes, Pigs are used to find this fungi... The word used to describe. So is he talking? He's talking about um, truffles.
1: Uh.
0: Oh, truffles by sliding the cards over each other quickly. Truffle, truffle shuffle. Truffle, truffle, truffle shuffle. shuffle. Uh. So he's saying truffle shuffle. I don't know what that means. You want me to do the truffle shuffle? I don't think it's going to happen, Luke. <laughs> That's something from the show Goonies, which is excellent.
1: I don't. Know I, I may that. be a
0: bit fat, but I'm not that fat, Luke. Come on. Moving on,
1: uh, and uh, from patron Daniel.
0: Oh, patron Daniel.
1: Rachel Meadows looks like a Bundy. Al Bundy's neighbor. neighbor. Here's, Here's a...
0: cat food money. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, Al Bundy's neighbor is actually uh, uh, a famously crazy progressive leftist lesbian, who uh, the actress who ended up directing on the show and had this big. Uh, the, the show was um, married with children, and she had like a sort of. Issue with with uh, the guy who played Al Bundy because the guy who played Al Bundy is more of a conservative, so uh, but it was like his show; he was the star, and so she was essentially screwed because she didn't like him. She wanted him off the show and all this kind of stuff. And what are they going to do? Get rid of the star of the show? It doesn't make any sense. So he essentially had all the power, and it was a it was an interesting. Uh, and she does she does she kind of cut her hair all short like that, and I don't know. I, I've never understood why leftists like democrat like feminist lesbians who who constantly complain about white men how much they hate them why they always try to look like us stop cutting your hair like us figure out your own hairstyle ladies stop trying to look like white men it doesn't make any sense you hate us right i feel like a I feel like a teenage girl who um who's constantly being asked out by the nerd in school going why are you so obsessed with me (laughs) Like, stop trying to be white men. If you hate white men, stop trying to be white men, you lunatic. Take a note from AOC. At least, as much as I find AOC insufferable and super annoying, at least she doesn't try to look like a man. That's something you got going for you, AOC. Okay? I still haven't figured out whether I believe that AOC is a true believer in the crazy stuff that she says. Or if she's uh, or if she's just a really good con artist and is just like all the other Democrats and knows what she's saying is absolute garbage, but just yeah. pretends that she believes it so that she can be more popular. Uh, it's hard to know. I think she started out being a true believer, but I don't know where she's at now. I Because she's got to have some sense that what she's saying is totally nonsense. Um, all right. I think I think that's it. Are we done?
1: yeah
0: oh i see i see luke's playing bingo so he wanted to mention that i'm fat because that's one of the squares in their stupid bingo game (laughs) by the way i kind of love your stupid bingo game i think that's hilarious all right guys um let us say goodbye for the weekend uh i'm gonna get some great new videos out coming up uh, I got a bunch of stuff I got to work on. And uh, yeah, so a new video every day for the next 20 days, I think. That's what's going to be. Uh, but some of them are, of course, going to be segments from this show because most of my viewers on Toxic Masculinity never see the stuff on here. So we're going to take some of the best stuff from this show and put it on to Mr. we got Reagan. another super chat. Uh-oh, one more super chat. Jordan B., to distract your minds from politics, I wanted to ask you both what you love to do as a hobby outside of tech outside of tech, as a hobby? Well, actually, that's a great question. Uh, We'll we'll try to be quick about this. So obviously, I started working uh, in Hollywood. At least I was trying to work in Hollywood as a writer. So I've written hundreds of short stories, TV shows, movies, uh, uh, nothing that's been sold or published ever. But uh, yeah, I've written hundreds of stuff. I'm I'm a very, very keen writer. I love writing. And I, I occasionally want to tell some of my brilliant stories here on the show, but Valeria doesn't like it when I do that. Uh, but there, there are, I like the twist ending, right? So I watched Twilight Zone when I was a kid. I loved that. And I'm sort of obsessed with creating new stories and new worlds. Um, I'm, I'm also an avid tennis player, or I was before I started this show. I love playing tennis. I've, ne- I, I've, I've taught you how to play tennis. We've gone a few times, but, but the, I think the first time we went was when we were in Oregon on vacation, the Black Butte uh, resort thing. Is that right? Yeah. And, uh, but I think we're going to be playing a, a bit of tennis when we go on vacation shortly. So that's nice. I'm a huge, I love playing tennis, but I'm not that good at it. <laughs> but I love playing. Um, I never really got into golf. My, my dad's a big golfer. Uh, what are some of your hobbies, darling? Obviously trading crypto. Valeria? Yes. Can you hear that I'm speaking? Yes. What are you doing? Nothing. Are you texting someone? No. Would you like to share with the rest of the class? <laughs> All right, pay some, pay attention a little bit. Show a little bit of respect for the show. We're crying out loud. What what's going on? Is it Dogecoin? What are you texting?
1: It's not Dogecoin.
0: Okay, so you don't have to be texting anybody. That's a question.
1: I'm Not texting anyone.
0: Well, well what are you doing? Nothing. Come on,
1: not joining. Come anything.
0: on, and just tell the class what's happening.
1: Share Nothing. your notes. I have my personal:
0: I feel like I'm dealing with a child half the time. True. Uh, okay, so what do you like to do outside of outside of the show, outside of uh, trading crypto? she does have some Russian friends. she goes and hangs out with her Russian friends.
1: reading sometimes. news about crypto.:
0: Reading news about crypto. Yeah, it is kind of funny. We do kind of become like heavily involved in now I'll tell you what my favorite thing to do is in the whole world, I love traveling. Traveling is my favorite thing. I love going to different countries, enjoying the different cultures. Uh, Unfortunately, because I married this one, uh, I've not really been able to leave the country in what is it, three years? So yeah, I've sort of been stuck here. But we were going to get our green card recently, but that got postponed because you know, US government sucks. So we still can't leave the country. We're going to go to Europe this year, but it looks like that's not happening. I may go by myself. We'll have to figure that out. Uh, it depends on how much money we make in crypto, really. Um, but Valeria really wants to go back to Russia and see her family, so we may uh, try to figure that out. I mean, unfortunately, the immigration department in America is just horrible, horrible, horrible. And I think a lot of it is to do with the fact that they just let so many people through the system that shouldn't be going through the system. Valeria obviously should be going through the system because she married an American. Um a lot of these people that are going into the system are scamming it, uh, and so we we're getting blocked up. But uh, yeah, so we don't do too much. I, I actually, I actually like to research um, medieval history a little bit. I like medieval history, um, and and history even from before those times, um, before medieval Europe. Like even I like pre-Roman stuff, like the civilizations of what we now call Turkey. Um but what was it once called Anatolia? Mm-hmm. I like all the um I like all those cultures. I always find that stuff really fascinating. Um, but uh, and also the sort of um the steppe people. I don't know if you guys know about the steppe people. So I like ancient history um, and I also like europe uh, medieval history. So mostly medieval history. I would say that is my primary interest. so those are things that I like.
1: I'm sorry that I was distracted. I just make a thousand dollars out of one one coin that I put this morning, so I'm just kind of oh, like. I made $1,000. so it
0: is about crypto. I was crypto. like,
1: should I just jump out right now, so or what I said should I do? This about
0: crypto. Why do you say no?
1: I said, I mean. Mm, so you're lying. I'm lying.
0: <laughs> I'm lying. <laughs> what, did you become a Democrat over the the past half an hour? A little bit. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Valeria is distracted I have to re- because I'm of sorry,
1: her. guys. I'm sorry. I have to be there and there at the same time. <laughs> No, it's actually my fourth job, what we're doing right now.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are done with our job for today. I'm going to continue working.
1: No, you are going to put out a shelf in the bathroom. Please, it's just four holes you need to drill. I will do the rest of myself.
0: Uh, All right, okay, I will go ahead. Can you
1: drill four holes?
0: (laughs) Is that a sexual joke? Okay, I'm going to bring four girls over and we'll find out. Boom. Um. Uh Yeah, so I'll go ahead and put up the shelf and then I will continue working on our Mr. Reagan videos for this weekend and next week. I will chat with you guys on Monday. You have an awesome weekend. Kiss your wife. Hug your kids. Relax. Watch some TV. And enjoy the weekend. All right. Until Monday, ladies and gentlemen, it is goodbye for us. You want to say goodbye, darling?
1: Goodbye and see you on Monday. But I'm working on Monday so probably I won't be able to make it but it's not 100%
0: alright well we will see you guys at some point next week I will certainly see you Monday oh. <laughs> good night <laughs> Toxic- I think that was great I think that